this time next year. Written and read by Liz Hines. 28th of December, Friday. Mum, Dad, Jeff and Tricia arrived at 12. The kisses and happy Christmas exchange took the best part of 15 minutes because Auntie Millie kept starting again. She kissed me three times. Mum was delighted with her jumper, but not awfully keen on the colour. Beige is more me, dear, and now I come to think of it, I have plenty of jumpers. A new dressing gown would be more useful. You don't mind if I change it to you. And while I'm about it, I thought I'd change your father's jumper. The jumpers he's got now will last longer than he will, and he does need a new pair of gardening trousers. The ones he wears at the moment are much too scruffy for the garden. Auntie Millie heard this discussion and has decided that she does not like the jumper I bought her either. She wants to take it back and change it for some of those lacy knickers with no bottom. We had just finished lunch when Mum announced, Did you know, Tricia, that Alison went out with a psychiatrist? Tricia deliberately misunderstood. Oh, Alison, I hadn't realised. I knew you'd been finding it rough, but I didn't know it was so bad you needed a psychiatrist. No, Tricia, Alison didn't go to see a psychiatrist, although I can understand your mistake. No, she went out with one. On a date. Mum said it in capital letters to make sure Tricia understood, and she continued. It was all going wonderfully well, until she set fire to Claude's. Claude's? I didn't set fire to Claude's. You can understand a man not hanging around when she does things like that, can't you? I did not set fire to Claude's. But despite my protestations, I know it will go down in Mum's store of family history as Do you remember when Alison burned down the poshest restaurant in town? And will be brought out whenever a Jess like Alison situation arises. Brian arrived at 4.30. He brought a bottle of wine with him. He held it out to Dad. Happy Christmas, Bill, Eunice. Mum jumped up from her chair. Thank you, Brian. That is thoughtful of you. Take it from him, Bill. Don't just sit there. And are you having a good Christmas, Brian? We went to Jeff's yesterday. Had a lovely day. Did you have a good day? I really enjoyed the Queen's speech. She doesn't have an easy life, but she puts on a brave face for her people. Oh, here, let me take the wine off you. We'll have this with our tea, shall we, Alison? Why don't you join us, Brian? Brian's just picking up Chloe and Adam, Mum. He's got to go now. Brian took the hint, kissed Mum, nodded to Dad, and said goodbye to everyone. Auntie Millie caught him by the arm as he was passing and pulled him down to her level. Have you brought me any sausages? Not today, Millie. Or oh, remember next time, will you? There's a good boy. 27th of December. Brian dropped off Chloe and Adam at four. I asked the children if they'd had a good time. Adam had already flopped in front of the television and just grunted while Chloe said, Yeah, fine. Have you had lunch? There's some turkey if you'd like sandwiches. Oh, no, Adam groaned. I'm stuffed. We've just had a curry. Oh, curry turkey already? We don't usually get onto that for a couple of days yet. Nah, it wasn't turkey. It was lamb, rogue and josh. Oh, your favourite. That's lucky. Nah, she asked what we liked. And she made Bombay potatoes and dal and loads of other things. Other things? You know, just like in an eat-as-much-as-you-like proper Indian restaurant. And last night we had a Thai dinner. Takeaway? It was Boxing Day, Mum. Where would you get a takeaway? Everything's shut. No, Gina made it all herself. It was cool. 
Did you enjoy it, Chloe? Yeah, she shrugged. It was fine. Can I borrow your car later to go to the station? The train gets in at six. I've forgotten Triboy was arriving today. I've relented and I'm letting him sleep in Chloe's bedroom as Auntie Millie is in the spare room. I wanted to put him in with Adam, but neither Adam nor Chloe liked that idea. I told Chloe he could stay in her room as long as I don't hear any, you know, noises. Mum! I've had to accept that my daughter is a grown woman and having sex, but I don't have to listen to it as well. Later in bed. I decided to go to bed early and read. Not long after I had snuggled down, Chloe stuck her head round the door. Can I come in, Mum? Of course you can, sweetie. Not watching the film with the boys. No, it's all fighting and time warping and other nonsense. Auntie Millie seems to be enjoying it, though. She curled up next to me and pulled my dressing gown over her, just like she used to when she was a little girl. She began picking at the tufts of cotton. Everything all right, Chloe? Yeah. Are you sure? You've been a bit quiet this evening. I didn't want to add since you've come back from your dad's. It was all just a bit odd at Gina's and dad's. Odd? I suppose it would be. It's the first time you've stayed there and it was bound to be different. We always used to play board games on Boxing Day evening. I don't suppose Gina's got Cluedo. I don't think she's got anything. You should see the flat, Mum. It's all very minimalist. The thing is, I think Gina's getting fed up with Dad. Oh, I see. Did your dad or Gina say anything in particular to make you think that? No, nothing like that. It just didn't feel right. And Gina kept getting calls and going off to take them in private. They might have been to do with her work. She's very dedicated to her job. On Boxing Day, Mum. I don't think so. Perhaps they're just going through a bad patch. Once the initial excitement of a new relationship wears off, real life has to resume. And it can come as a shock to see your lover in unlover-like situations. <laughs> you know what your father looks like in the mornings. I tried to laugh, but Chloe suddenly sat up, looking very serious. Would you have him back if you wanted to come? Oh, Chloe, that is a big question with a great big if. Well, would you? I leaned my head back against the pillow, trying to give myself time to work out how to tell my daughter that I didn't want her father back but I'd misread her question. You wouldn't, would you? You wouldn't even seriously consider it, would you? Not now. You don't think I should? No. I know you probably still love him, but you've changed. You've become much more you since he's gone. Have I? Gosh, yes. The man who was married to Dad wouldn't have gone to vodka bars or tried internet dating. <laughs> I should hope not. No, OK, that wasn't a good example. But you have changed, and for the better... And I think you're starting to be happier, aren't you? She said the last bit hesitantly. Yes, I am. Much happier. And no, I wouldn't want your dad back. I still love him, of course I do. Even when I hated him, I loved him. It's hard to get someone out of your system when they've been in it for most of your life. But that bit is not closed exactly. It can't be when we have you and Adam. Let's say firmly shuttered. She snuggled down again and a few minutes later said, He shouldn't have done it, though. Done what? I asked, even though I knew. Gone off with her. If he was going to marry her and be happy, then at least there would be a point to all the suffering he's put us through. 
But now it looks like it's going to end up hurt. Like you were, and for nothing. It's so stupid, men are so stupid. Suddenly she seemed close to tears. I stretched out my arms so she could edge up the bed into them. I hugged my confused little girl to me. Chloe, you know how complex relationships can be. No, it's true, I didn't want to get divorced. I was stunned and broken when your dad told me about Gina. I know I must appear to be a complete wreck. I'm sorry that you and Adam had to go through that. But now I really do believe that it's turned out to be the right thing. You know, I couldn't have said this six months ago, but the pain is over. I'm better. And I am sorry if your dad is going to have to go through the pain he put us all through, but he'll get over that too. And you will. And one day he'll find someone new, I'm sure. Maybe someone who he'll stay with. For more than just a day. I did my renowned Elvis impersonation as I sang the last sentence. Chloe smiled. You're insane, you know that. Have you seen my mother? It's hereditary. Oh no! She shook her head and hugged me back. Then she said, Anyway, I don't think we'll be invited there again for a while. Adam nearly drove Gina round the bend. Your brother? Oh, go on with you. I can't imagine that little angel annoying anyone. He kept leaving plates and glasses all over the place. Adam, doing that? Never. Gina asked him to take them out to the kitchen when he'd finished, but you know Adam. He nods and forgets. And then he'd forget he had a glass and go and get another one. She didn't like it when they started talking football either. So she tried to engage me in intellectual conversation. I ask you on Boxing Day. After a bit, I said, I think there's a Bruce Willis film on now. Then Gina said she'd been planning to watch the Art House film on Channel 4, but Dad said, I think the kids would prefer Brucey Baby. In the end, Gina went to bed early and left us watching the film. Probably not the most tactful thing for your dad to do. We looked at each other and burst out laughing. I hadn't realised Chloe had so many undiscussed issues. I've been so wrapped up in myself and my pain that I've ignored my children's needs. I think Chloe feels better and understands more now, but I must encourage her to talk to me again if she has concerns. And I must do the same with Adam. I can't imagine that he has any deep unresolved issues about anything, but I mustn't assume that just because he's a boy and, well, Adam. 28th of December I was in the middle of gathering all the empty glasses and plates that Adam had left around the house when he wandered through the living room. I thought I should take immediate action regarding unresolved issues and said, Morning Adam, how are you today? I tried to emphasise you to make him aware that I was interested and had time for him. He looked at me through bleary eyes and said, Fine, and continued on his path to the kitchen. I followed him. You know, Adam, these last couple of years have been difficult for us all. And I've come to realise that I've not been giving you and Chloe the attention that you've needed. But I want you to know that I'm here and I'm willing to listen to you, whatever you have to say. He was rummaging in the drawer for a clean spoon. Do you understand what I'm saying, Adam? Is there anything bothering you? Well, he yawned. It's all right, Adam. Anything you want to say to me is fine. Can you get Frosties instead of Rice Krispies? 31st of December, New Year's Eve. 
Adam is going out with friends. Chloe and Tryboy are dining, then clubbing. Mum and Dad are at a do at the golf club. Auntie Millie has been promised Buck's Fizz at midnight at Fairy Hill. And I'm off to the YM, where Franco has arranged a bar. I thought the YM was alcohol-free. I hope it's not an alcohol-free bar. I phoned Nick, who said not to worry. He and Steffi had already planned on bringing some vodka. We'll smuggle it in if we have to, darling. I'll stick it down my trousers. And don't forget you're coming with us to the Amdram party afterwards. It'll be fabulous. I'm not sure if a party after the party is a good idea. I always seem to end up in trouble after being with Nick and Steffi. Still, it is New Year's Eve. I haven't made a New Year's resolution for 35 years. I still remember the last one as if it were last week. Cheryl Jones was my best friend. It was New Year's Eve and we were at her house getting ready to go to our first proper party. I told my parents that I was staying with Cheryl but had failed to mention the party. I felt so guilty I resolved to always tell the truth in future. And when Cheryl asked me how she looked, I decided the time was right to put my resolution into practice. She didn't speak to me for three weeks. Anne told Dick Roberts, who never changed his socks and dribbled when he looked at girls, that I fancied him, which I most definitely didn't. I've learned a lot since then, and I always think before I speak nowadays. Nearly always anyway. Franco has promised us a real band, instead of his usual records, and a finger food buffet. He said his wife would prepare it, as she is very good in the kitchen. I wonder if Brian ever said that about me. Oh, Alison, yes, she's very good in the kitchen, and behind the bike shed. Don't suppose he did. My cooking keeps stomachs full, but bears little resemblance to what Jamie Oliver does. And if I was that good behind the bike shed, you wouldn't have left me for a 28-year-old. I wonder if Franco's wife will come to the party tonight. She used to be his partner, but has never come to a class. She is a mystery. I've often thought that mystery is attractive in a woman. I could do with acquiring some enigma myself. I hope she does attend, then I can ask her how to bring some mystery into my life. And it'll be interesting to see her. A dancing queen and kitchen goddess wrapped up in a gold sequined penny. 1st of January, 3.25am. I don't think there was any need for Chloe to shout so loudly. Of course I know what the time is. I'm not stupid. I can tell the time. How was I supposed to know that she would be waiting up? I'm not selfish. I didn't do it deliberately and I won't be sorry in the morning.